0: All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the fifth and final week of our series entitled Holidays. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us. So excited to have you guys. Yes. So, I do want to say to our South Shore, our Gulf Coast campus, those that are joining us, uh, our other locations, uh, next weekend, as you heard from your campus pastors, is a very important weekend. Uh, it's called Christmas Eve weekend, so Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all the services. We've got a whole bunch of services. Uh, I'm going to do my part. Uh, we've been practicing. We've been doing a lot of stuff. We're going to have some special music and singing, lighting of candles, but I'm going to encourage every single person to think about who they can invite to church. Two times it's easy to invite somebody to church. Number one is Christmas Eve services. Number two is Easter. So be thinking this week who you can invite to church. Don't come alone today I want to finish up uh, the fifth in our message series entitled holidays. Today I want to talk to you about this topic. Again, the holidays are uh, uh, you know we're, we're right smack dab in the middle kind of tending towards the end of it. All you guys I'm sure have been to parties already. I'm sure you guys have already uh, experienced the joy of lighting whether it's Christmas trees or lights around the house. again, uh, I love the weather this time of the year. It can be 80 or 20. how many know what I'm talking about? Keep the sweaters and the suntan lotion close. I mean, anything can happen in the South, right? It's also a time where we're talking about presents and getting presents. I know some of you guys are doing the last-minute shopping, and you're in the last-minute shopping situation. You pull into the shopping center, wherever it is, and, and there's that negotiation where you know that you got there first for that spot. You're trying to be a Christian, you know. You happen to put a Christian bumper sticker on your car so you got to act like a Christian. You know what I mean. And you're standing at them. They're standing at you. And there's a tendency in this time of the year where our attitudes can get squeezed. The fact of the matter is is that we're a little bit tired. We've gone come into that moment where we've been to all these parties. We've cleaned up our house so many times. Again, we're thinking about where we're going to go and who's coming over. and, and, And it's a time where our attitude can get a little bit sour. I want to talk to you today about an attitude check. You know when you meet somebody and you get around somebody with a good attitude. I'm talking about a positive attitude, a life-giving attitude. It's infectious. There's something about, there's something about when you get around somebody that's got an amazing attitude. There's something about it. Conversely, there's something about when you get around somebody with a bad attitude. It is well. It's contagious. You know what I mean? There's cynicism, extreme sarcasm, and it just—it just kind of—it just kind of gets on you. It, it, you got to be careful. Build like firewalls because it—it it just kind—it's kind of like—it's kind of like cologne or perfume. You ever walk in a shopping center and you smell maybe that person that's trying out or they're spraying, they're selling it, or, or you just walk by somebody and you think they're a sell. Man, that's a nice. That, man, that's 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 nice smelling. Or man, that doesn't smell good at all. Something about a good attitude. You know the Bible talks about, listen, the Bible talks about, Paul writes, he talks about the fragrance of Christ. Did you know you can actually smell that? You, you can, there's a, in a sense, you can smell the fragrance of Christ on somebody. When they're emanating that life-giving that life-giving, uplifting sense of Christ being on them. There's a powerful, positive, life-giving attitude, but you can also smell when it's not like that. Today, I want to talk to you about an attitude check, how each one of us, not just during the holidays, but as we come into 2019, that we can know that we're life giving, full of faith, positive attitude, where we're communicating, where we're, where, where there's a sense of uh, uh, of a diffusing of the life of God out of our lives. Speaking of attitude check, there was a guy that um, he he was given a parrot by a friend. You know how parrots are. You train parrots. You can train them to say different things, and it's interesting. And then they they say they parrot them back. You hear that word? To parrot back means that you say back. Well, they're real birds, and, and they, they, they really do this. And so you, the, the problem was this particular parrot, and I'll say this, it's, it's church. I'm going to be respectful, but he had a bad attitude and a cursing problem. People would come in the house and he would try to, he would do everything to change this. By the way, this guy did everything to try to transform this parrot's attitude. He'd put worship music on in the house. Pastor Steve's podcast. I mean, it was just like, he couldn't, he did everything he can. He would get so frustrated. This, this, his parrot would say curse words to him at the wrong time. You know, somebody walk in and be eating. And all. Just, you know, just, he would just go over the thing. He would try to, he tried the positive approach. Then he tried to scream at the parrot. Parrot screamed back finally got so frustrated with this parrot he just opened the cage one day and just grabbed that parrot and went over to the fridge the kitchen just opened the freezer and just stuck that parrot right in that freezer for about a minute the parrot just kind of going crazy just, you could hear its lead, you know it's 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 feather just you know banging and there was just dead silence and i'm like god i killed the parrot he goes, oh gosh, I can't, I can't. What are my kids gonna say? I'm going like, oh, dad kill the parrot, you know? I just, oh gosh. So he goes, so, so right before he goes to open up, he hears, kind sir. <laughs> he opens up, he opens up the freezer door, and the parrot is standing there like this, and he goes, kind sir, I am so sorry. Please receive my apology. I, 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 please, I beg your forgiveness. I've had poor language choice. I, I have had a bad attitude. Sir, would you please forgive me? The guy is like taken back. He's like, this is nuts, and I don't know what's going on. And right before he was getting ready to ask what the change of attitude was, right before that, the parrot said, Sir, can I ask one quick thing before you hopefully take me out? Sir, what did the chicken do to be placed in the freezer? (laughs) Now, if you don't get that, we've got a prayer service right after. (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. Hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to be placed in a freezer to have an attitude adjustment. See, the fact is, is that the moment you get saved, let me give you a misnomer. Here's a misnomer. When you get saved, your heart changes. But guess what doesn't change immediately? It's your attitude. Over time, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, Paul talks about it in the book of Ephesians, there's a taking off and there's a putting on. The Bible talks about renewing the mind. The Bible talks about transformation takes place. Your heart's transformed, but your mindset, your attitude, listen, it's a daily choice. Just like we have a daily choice to take a bath. I say this respectfully. If there's a, there's a daily choice. There's a daily choice that we make to change our attitude, to apply God's word. Here's the good news. You can change your attitude. I want to talk to you today about an attitude check. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can do wonders. God wants to do things. God wants to transform us. God wants to make us the fragrant of Christ. You know what's interesting about a positive attitude, a life-giving attitude? Here's the cool thing about it. Here, you guys ready? Here it is. It's attractive to people, but guess what? It's also attractive to God. That when God looks down and God is evaluating who he wants to use to work his signs, wonders, and miracles through, there's something about a life giving attitude that is attractive not only to people, but also to God. You know, there's a challenge for a pastor. Let me tell you a challenge for a pastor the Christmas holidays. There's a certain expectation anytime that you have a seasonal time, right, where there's a time where, okay, pastor's going to do something about the Christmas story. But let's just think about it for a moment. How many options do I have? I'm asking you guys that. I mean, I do the shepherds. Okay, I do the shepherds. Okay, the wise men. Okay, they came. You know, they came. Okay, Herod, oh, he's wicked. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, baby Jesus. I mean, that's the whole point, right? So we're talking about the forgiving, Okay, but, but on this Mary and Joe, I mean, just think about it. I've been doing this 20 years. How many real options do I have? I was thinking about this week. I was thinking about the holidays and the power of attitude, and I thought if there's anybody in that whole mix that had an amazing attitude, it's Mary. I want you to think about Mary, the mother of Christ. Think about, think about, think about the attitude that she had. Think about this for a moment. The power of her attitude, the humble attitude that got God's attention, by the way. Now, you guys may not know this. I did a little trivia study this week. Mary, the name Mary, 43 out of the last hundred years, Mary was the most popular name. Baby, you know, name and baby. Still, three million people alive today in the United States are named Mary. Over three million people. Just think about that for a moment. And there's lots of Marys. There's lots of famous Marys, right? Famous gymnast. What's her name? Mary what? Lou. Mary Lou Retton, right? Now, this is going to date you guys. Famous actress, ready? Mary Tyler Moore. All the 20 songs. What's he talking about? Where's Mary. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Famous Broadway. Famous, are here it is. Mary, what? Say it? Poppins. Matter of fact, Nate, our worship leader on the South Shore, his sister, and Drim, their sister, was, was Mary Poppins for a long time in, in New York on Broadway. Mary, Mary, Mary Poppins. And, and listen, the, the second most famous Mary of all is my mom. If I don't say second, she would definitely adjust me. I'm just saying. Listen, listen, by the way, do you know what her maiden name is? This is, this is a tragedy. Mary Gary. Why do they call her Linda? I'm just, I'm just saying. But the most famous Mary of them all. By the way, it wasn't because she was from some aristocratic family or, you know, she was a beauty queen. I mean, again, we don't really know her physical features. We don't know her socioeconomic background. But I can only imagine how many pastors, how many priests, how many cler- clergy, how many people, how many people in the next seven days at some level, think about, talk about the power, the impact, how many people are going to mention that name, Mary? What was it? What was it about her that captivated, listen, that captivates people today? There's, there's, there's unique characteristics about Mary. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about what God chose her to do. I was thinking about that. Think about that. To birth Jesus. I mean, that's amazing. Now, I want to go on record saying this. Nobody, nobody is going to birth the Christ again. That was done. That was the one to do. But I do believe this, that God wants to put things in our hearts for us to birth in the earth as well. There are certain promises and dreams and things that God wants to do in the earth today. So the question is, what are the qualities that God saw in Mary's life, listen, that he was drawn to? Let me give you a little recipe for the miraculous. Here it is. Here, here's a st- an attitude. This is what Mary had. Th- these are the three qualities that Mary had, by the way. All right? An attitude of humility, number two, of faith, and number three, of God's centeredness invites the miraculous. So in other words, that Mary, Mary, there was an attitude of humility. There was an attitude of faith. By the way, those are not mutually exclusive qualities. They are inclusive. You can be a humble person, but a great person of faith. But she also had this Godward sense where life was not about her, her dreams, and her plan, but it was about God be unto me according to your word. What do you want to do with my life? If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about an attitude check, looking at the life of Mary, where we can emulate some of these qualities, an attitude of humility, an attitude of faith, and God-centeredness. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. Let's read that. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man. And for those of you that don't know, betrothed would simply mean like engaged today. That would be the common vernacular of that time. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a young couple that are engaged, all right? Not consummated in marriage yet, but engaged. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Think about this for a moment. She's a, She's a teenage girl, a peasant girl, and this angel shows up and says, Rejoice. Rejoice for what? Well, what, what? Why? Because you're favored of God, and the Lord is with you. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is that? And blessed are you among women. I mean, this is distinctive. God, this angel's giving her this message. And one moment she's finding out to rejoice. That's her action. Why? Because God says you're favored. Why? Because you're blessed. Why? Among what, what is what's about to happen? Look at the next verse here, 29. And but when she saw him, she was troubled and considered what manner of greeting. This is amazing. What, what is happening? Why is this angel telling me this? What have I done? What have I how why am why am I being chosen? Look at the next verse here. Then the angel says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you, you have found favor with God. In other words, when God looked down and he saw you, he saw certain qualities in you. And he was attracted to that. Pastor, are you saying, are you saying, again, again, nobody is going to birth Jesus again. That's done. But. God still wants to do great things in the earth. Are you saying that there's somewhat of a pattern that we can emulate at some level these certain qualities in Mary's life to position our life for the miraculous. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. The Bible is giving as a, as, a, as, a, as, as a blueprint, as a, in a sense, a template that we can emulate. There are certain qualities of humility and faith and, and living where, where God's plan is the ultimate in our life, not our own, but there's something about Mary. It's contagious. It's attractive. I want to talk to you about these three qualities that I see in Mary's life. And here's what I'm going to do. I wrote this on your notes. Is there's kind of a, I guess you'd call it a continuum either way. And I'm going to do a comparison. Let me put it that way. There's a comparison. So I'm going to list the quality on one side. But then I'm going to list the opposite on the other. All right. So number one, what do we see in Mary's life? Number one, we see a heart of humility. We're talking about qualities of a life-giving attitude. Qualities that position you for the miraculous. Number one, humility. Well, what's the opposite of that? It's an unhealthy pride. Humility versus pride. Look at verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. In other words, she was shocked because Mary's, Mary, Mary was, why, why am I being chosen? Could you imagine the converse to that? Could you imagine the angel show up and go, Mary, you've been chosen by God. Could you imagine Mary go? about time I've been chosen. Are y'all with me? Could you imagine the scenario would be a little bit different if Mary's like, well, you know what? I mean, I was expecting, I mean, I was going to be the one, but it was actually just the opposite. She was humbled by the fact that God had chosen her. By the way, did you know that God is still choosing people today to do great and mighty things through? All right, I'm going to say something. I'm going to push you a little bit. Then I'm going to show you some scripture. Do you know God is watching and looking in the earth for that type of heart today? Pastor, come on, man. Are you saying that God has eyes? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm telling you that God's eyes, listen, that, God's, that God has eyes, and that God is looking in the earth, and he's trying to find some man, some woman, number one, that has this similar heart. The Bible says that in 2 Chronicles, because exactly what it says, it's, the Bible says, for the what? saith the eyes what are the eyes doing the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth what is God doing he wants to show up he wants to do great things through the lives of those that are positioned before him those that are loyal to him those that are humble before him. God is looking and God looked down and he saw this young girl and he saw a heart of humility in her Now, it's interesting, humility is, I'm going to tell you what humility is not. Let me tell you, humility is not self-abasement. I'm just a loser. I'm no good. I'm just a, I'm just, no, no, that's not humility. That's actually, that's, 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 that's ridiculous. That's not biblical. God, God never calls us to a a position of self-abasement where we put ourselves down and we're just, I'm just no good. No, 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 no. Humility basically says that you do not say that you're better than anyone else. Does that make sense? Humility receives from God what God says about us, but humility never compares itself with one another and says, I'm better than you. So, so a true heart of humility is not like, I'm a loser, I'm just trash. I'm, no, 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 that's, that's not biblical. That's actually anti-biblical. How can you call something that's made in the image of God trash? Are you with me? No, 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 we're not trash. We're uniquely called by God and shaped by God and gifted by God. But what humility says, that's why the angel had to say, blessed are you among women. In other words, why would you choose me? You've got everybody else. Humility basically says I'm never going to compare myself and say I'm better than anybody else. And you have to make a choice daily for this. Because all the currents of culture and everything around us and the proclivity of our own human nature draws us towards comparison where we always try to make ourselves better than somebody else. Does it mean that God's against achievement? Of course he's for achievement. Of course God gives people to achieve and to do and to excel. But at the end of the day, we never look down on anybody else. Do you know it takes time? It takes a choice. It takes a choice to humble yourself. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5.5, 5. Now, now I want you to think about this, what I'm, what I'm saying. This is a proposition you've got to consider and think about. Listen, be clothed with humility. Now I want you to think about clothing for a moment. Think about it. By the way, my wife was telling me recently, she goes, Steve, they're going to have like these driverless cars. I'm like, drive. what is that? So what? So people are going to, so like, are, is everybody chauffeured? I don't understand, So, so, and I'm like, Mike, where does this thing go? Are y'all with me? It's like, next thing you know, like, are you going to have, like, somebody dress us like a a robot, you know, you shall, no, we still have to, I dress myself, I put on a nice little, by the way, these are little Christmas pants for the pastor. (laughs) Y'all like my little Christmas pants? Nice little Christmas, (laughs) look, 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 this is Christmassy, look, 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 patches, can't you see me in front of the fire? Come on, work with me a little bit. Are y'all with me? Got a little thing I can I can put. This is a little Christmassy. I'm not I'm not wearing the bright red sweater. That's over 60. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay, I put this on. Nobody put this on. Okay, are y'all with me? I mean, it's just this. I I did. Why you you it, And it takes time. You've got to you've got to clothe yourself. So you have a choice. Every day we have a choice. The choice is. We can clothe ourselves with humility. We can humble ourselves, or God can humble us. I, 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 want, I want to close. Listen, I want to choose to humble myself. I don't want to be stuck in a freezer. How about you? <laughs> Did y'all get that? I, I, don't, I don't want God to have to go, he's got a, he's got a, he, he, you know what? I, he's, I'm going to have to humble him. So it's a choice, and it takes time. It takes time mentally and emotionally and spiritually to go, I'm going to choose to think a different thought. I'm going to choose to not allow myself to think myself elevated above. Everybody. I'm going to choose to see myself as a servant. Are you with me? You know, I, 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 I did it kind of in reverse. I went to college, then I went to Bible school, then I went to seminary after Bible school. It's, it's some, so Bible school was kind of an intermediate step, and it was I wasn't sure if I was going to be a missionary or, or what. And I, I'll never forget, when I went to Bible school, I went to Bible school in Texas. So I graduated college in 91, Bible school, and then after that was, was more training. And I, when I got to Bible school, now I'm going to say this is 27 years ago, all right? So I'm confessing my pride, my sin, all right? So I get there the first day, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm a decent leader. You know, I'm probably, you know, walked in, I somebody's going to, you know, there's different roles they put up. You know, there's different men's uh, RAs and women's RAs, RAs, residence assistants. So I think, surely they're going to choose me at some point in time to do something. And they didn't choose me to do anything. Matter of fact, the whole first semester. Matter of fact, I didn't, the, even the, the, the dean and the assistant dean, nobody even knew me. I wasn't acknowledged. I was just like, just nothing. Now, I want to go back. I led somebody to Christ that, that we grew up in high school together, together and his name's Vince, a friend of mine today. And I led Vince to Christ. Did I mention that? I led, I, Vince, okay, I, are y'all with me? Did I mention that? Okay, and I'm pulling, you know, he's coming out of the world and we're getting in the whole thing. So Vince goes one semester after me, okay, to Bible school, one semester. The very first day that he was on campus, First day, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. First day, he's called into the office. I'm thinking, Vince is in trouble. He did something. He was always in trouble, by the way. He comes out a good, bro, what was that all about? He goes, they asked me to be a resident assistant. That's not true. They don't even know you. As they saw, they said God spoke to them. and they, I'm like, that was the devil. That wasn't God. <laughs> no, God didn't say anything. I'm just telling you. Well, what floor are you on? Six. I'm on six. You're not checking my toilet on Friday to see if it's clean. Are you serious? May God be my witness. My best friend growing up, there was four of us. He was one. we 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 had two more guys. My best, he had to check. He'd knock on the door on Fridays. And I would go, there's no one home. It was a humbling experience. See, we have a choice every day to either humble ourselves or to be humbled. I think when God looked down, God saw, listen, God saw something so unique in Mary. That's why I love in James chapter four, verse 10. Look what it says right here. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. So if we make it, watch this, if we make it our full-time job to humble ourselves, then God makes it his full-time job to exalt us. Because exaltation's coming. So, but if we switch the price tags where we make it our full-time job to exalt ourselves, then God makes it his full-time job to what? Say it, humble us. Let's make sure we got it right, right? Does that make sense? So there's something about that quality. so attractive. And by the way, this is, this is let me say this word. This is not dependent upon personality. Somebody said, well, they're outgoing. You can be an introverted person non-talker, full-of-pride individual. Or you can be an extroverted, gregarious, outgoing person that is extremely humble. Does that make sense? So don't misunderstand personality profile. This is not a personality issue. This is a heart issue. I was thinking this week I was doing study, and I looked up something. this is so powerful. You, you guys know Morris code, you know, you know Morris code, one of the first communication structures and systems that we had in the United States, of course, all over the world. Did you know that Samuel Morris was a born-again Christian, God-fearing man. L- listen to what he wrote. Here's what he said. He says that I've encountered situations where I didn't know what to do, and here's what he said, What do I do when I don 't know what to do? Whenever I could not see my way clearly, I knelt down and prayed to God for light and understanding. Morris received many honors in his invention of the telegraph, but felt undeserving. Listen to what he said. Listen to this. He said, I have made a valuable application of electricity, not because I was superior to other men. That's humility. But solely because God, who meant it for mankind, must reveal it to someone, and he was pleased to reveal it to me. Nobody is going to be birthing Jesus. That's done. But God wants to birth a whole bunch of things in the earth. Why not birth it through you? Number one, if we want to be used of God, we've got to have an attitude adjustment where we know, never think of ourselves as better than anyone else but we boldly embrace what God's called us to be and understand that we're, only accountable to him. we're ultimately accountable to him. Number two, the second thing that Mary had that was so powerful is she had a heart of faith versus fear. Again, it's humility versus pride. It's faith versus fear. What was so unique about, and a lot of times people think, well, you know, that, person's, that, that, that person, if you're humble, you can't be full of faith. No, actually, the person that's truly humble is full of faith because the person that's humble recognizes they have limitations, but God doesn't. They recognize that God is their source. They recognize that, that, that in God, that God has everything that we need. Interestingly enough, listen to what Mary said. This is so powerful. Luke 1:38. Then Mary said to the, listen, to the angel, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, not according to how I feel. She counted the cost. She knew what was getting ready to happen. Think about it. She's a teenage girl that's engaged And she's got to tell all of her friends she's pregnant. She's got to tell everybody, whatever, mom, everybody. So just think, I say that respectfully and sensitively because I know that's impacted people even today. But the reality is, Mary was dealing something 2,000 years ago. I'm telling you, that was a lot. That was a lot. It's a lot anytime, but that's a lot. But she suppressed what she thought about herself. She suppressed and she dismissed any other opinion. She didn't care what anybody else said. She said, she said, be it unto me according to your word not according to how I feel. How many times we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives based upon how we feel? Based upon the fear of what others say. Come on, are y'all with me? Based upon the opinions of man. Based upon what? Our, our per, the perception of our own weaknesses, of our own this. But just, just think about how we evaluate ourselves and we compare ourselves among ourselves. Mary said this, listen, this is not about me. Be it unto me according to your, say it, your word. If God speaks to us today, I wonder if we would embrace his word. I was thinking a couple weeks ago. I talked about 2019. It's interesting during the holidays because I start slipping over. I start slipping over into a new year. I'm very futuristic. That's my personality. Okay, I understand some people maybe are now in the moment, and I I love the moment. But I'm I'm so I start I'm starting to write down my goals and and what does God have for me as an individual, my family, our church, all the different places that God's got my involvement in. And I started thinking about I started thinking about what God wants to do in and through my life and in and through our lives. And I began to think. About this, don't miss this. I began to think it's going to require, listen, more of God in 2019 for me to do what God wants me to do. By the way, it's going to require more of God and God's Word. God's Word, in other words, if you want to accomplish next year more for God, then you have to position yourself to receive more from God. Does that make sense? See, you can't say, Be it unto you. Okay, man, I'm going to press you. Golly, I know it's Christmas season. I'm supposed to be so sweet and nice. Can you actually say, be it unto you according to God's word? In other words, do you know God's word? Wow. You, you, You and I have to position ourselves where we're drinking in this word, where we're feasting on the word. That's the power of this. Had a lady come up to me one time. She goes, Pastor, pray for me. I said, what do you need me to pray for? She goes, I need more faith. I said, I'll pray for you but I wanna encourage you, okay? I wanna lovingly encourage you. Faith does not come through prayer. Faith comes by hearing God's word and by obeying God's word. You build a foundation of faith. Here it is. Let me just give it in the Bible. Let me give you the Bible. Romans ten seventeen. here it is. Faith comes by what? Everybody say it. Hearing and hearing by what? The. So in other words, as you hear the word, that's why what you put in your car is so important. That's why what you put in your house is so important. That's why what's around you, what podcast you listen to, what word, are we waking up in the morning and are we drinking this word? Are we eating the word? Are we, uh, pastor, you know, sometimes I read the Bible, I don't get anything out of it. Neither do I. Sometimes I don't, but sometimes I do. Are you with me? It's like working out. You know, something. Do you say, well, you know, I didn't really feel anything this morning, but some, sometimes you, sometimes you. Know. You don't stop working out because one day you have a great workout. Same thing with the word of God. Listen, God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above and beyond all you can ask, think, or imagine in 2019, but we gotta increase our word level. Are you with me? Faith increases when our word level increases. Are y'all with me? Man, I could go on that for a while. Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible. All things. Mary was a woman of faith. She believed. She trusted God. She pressed into God. I want us to build an attitude of expectancy. All the college kids that are back, build an attitude of Expectancy. This holiday season, 2019. By the way, I, I was with somebody this week, and they're 78, 79 years old. And they said something. They said, "Listen," and, and he says, "You can retire from your job, but you never retire from life." I want to speak to all those that may be 70 and up. Build an attitude of expectancy. It's not over till it's over. You still have a tomorrow. As long as you listen, as long as you have a breath, you have a purpose. And we need more of faith, more faith to accomplish God's plan. I want to be a better pastor in 2019. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better. I want to get better. Are you with I don't want to be where I was before. Let me tell you something. Be it unto me according to your word, God. I've got to know more of God's word for me to say be it unto me. Let me tell you what's a scary proposition. When we say be it unto me according to how I feel, because sometimes I don't feel like being a pastor. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. That person hurt my feelings but it's not about what I feel, it's what God says. Are you with me? Sometimes I want to quit and take up my glove and go home and say, ooh. But it's not what I feel, it's what God says. Are you with me? We live by faith, not by our feelings. We live by faith. What does God say? Man, I'm really trying to help you guys. I'm preaching to myself and well, I'm preaching to you. Let me give you the third and final thing and then we'll close. What was it that God, let me tell you, God still has eyes. God still has two eyes. He's still looking. He still has assignments in the earth. No, there's no more incarnation. That was done 2,000 years ago. But there's signs, wonders, and miracles. There's people to be led to Christ. There's businesses to be started. There's things that God wants to do. He's still handing out assignments. He's looking for humble people. He's looking for people filled with faith. But he's also looking for one more thing. Number three, he's looking for people that live God-centered versus self-centered lives. I, heard, I read something, it's actually in the Christmas time. I read something, it was kind of cute one time. <laughs> I used that word, and it was, it was joy. Jesus, others, and you. How to have a happy life. Focusing on God first, Jesus. Focus secondly on others. And third, not that we don't focus, by the way, it's not that we don't focus on ourselves. We just don't focus, focus first on ourselves. We put God first. Everybody say God first. What does it mean to put God first? What does it mean? to live a God-centered life. I'll close with this scripture. Luke chapter one, verse 31. There was a moment in Mary's life where she had a choice. Stay with me and I'm closing. This is important. There was a moment. There's a moment for each one of us. Here's the moment. Was she a God first lady or was she a me first person? Luke chapter one, verse 31. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb. Okay? All right, remember, she's 15, 16. You shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Okay? "And And you shall call his name Jesus, okay? Usually we get to be involved in the naming process, but if you want to name it, that's fine. I got a book. Joseph and I were checking out names, but if you want to do it, that's fine. And he'll be great. Okay, my son's gonna be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. Ooh, this is deep. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. This is intense. I just wanted him to start for 11 and 12 year old baseball. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. This is intense forever. And of his kingdom, there'll be no end. Is he gonna to go to school? Is he gonna make his bed? You're talking about kingdoms? Then Mary said to the angel, How can it be since I okay, 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 this guy's gonna do a lot of great things, but 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 how will it be since I don't even know a man? Oh, the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, so God's gonna do it. And the Holy One is to be born, who shall be called the Son of God. Can you imagine what's going through her mind? This is big. Are you sure I'm the person? Do you know there's a moment that each one of us have all the time to choose whether we're gonna do what we want or God wants? Particularly when it gets to cost. Particularly when it gets to what people may say. Particularly when it gets to this involves a lot. Oh, and you've got a cousin. Elizabeth, she's, 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 she was barren. But she's with child, too. That's John the Baptist, by the way. You know, Jesus and John the Baptist, were, half, they, were they, they were relatives. And then the angel says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I wrote this down, and I'll conclude. Listen to this. I said, if we live self-centered lives, centered on ourselves, on our dreams, on our goals, on our plans, they're limited. Don't miss this. They're limited. I don't care how big they are. They're limited. Mary could have said, I'm not the one. Listen to me closely. Mary could have said, I'm not the person. I'm not the one. But Mary chose to put aside her dream for her life to embrace God's dream for her life. I want to say this statement. I want all the campuses to hear me. Your dream, your vision, and your plan for your life is always smaller than God's dream, God's will, and God's plan for your life. God's is bigger. God's is bigger. God's is bigger. I remember when I was in the sixth grade taking earth science, and I thought to myself, man, this is amazing. The sun is so huge. And I remember my teacher saying that you can put like 103 million, I'm making this up, this exact thing, but you can put like a million or 100 million earths in the sun. And I thought, that blows my mind. And then they're finding new galaxies all the time. And I'm like, that blows my mind. If God can speak, woo, and create galaxies, don't tell me he can't intervene in your life in 2000. And, are y'all with me? Right here. When we put him first, all things are possible. I'm asking ask you to stand. I'm going to ask our prayer team if they'd go ahead and come forward right now. I just want to pray for you guys. You don't want to miss again next weekend. Our Christmas Eve starts Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives, Lord. God, we thank you for your grace and your power. If you do not know Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, our altar is going to be open. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. To become a Christian, it's not about joining a church. It's about saying yes to Jesus. It's saying a prayer like, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. I can't save you. Our church can't save you. Jesus saves. If you need prayer for anything as well, our altar, every week, we're here to be able to minister the love and the life of Christ to you. Just whatever you need, we'd love to be able to minister to you. Let me just pray for you. I just sense the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, teach us. We learn today that you're looking throughout the earth. You have eyes looking. Lord, don't pass us by. Don't pass me by, God. Don't pass us by. Lord, we, we want you to find a humble heart. We want you to find a heart of faith. We want you to find a heart that lives first for you, a God-centered life. Lord, release your signs and wonders and miracles through our lives. We want to live a miraculous life, God. Lord, help us. Help us to be those people, God. I pray the blessing, and the favor, and the presence of Almighty God upon every man, woman, boy, and girl in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, can we bless the Lord? God bless you. anybody else pastor pray for me I need Christ I'm not sure about my relationship with God God bless you sir with everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed church let's pray together come on let's pray with those that are trusting Christ this is the most powerful prayer anyone can pray right here let's pray it together say dear Jesus I come to you today a sinner in need of a savior say Jesus I repent of my sin I let go of my past and I turn to you I turn to the cross. Say this, say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me. Just give me 15 seconds. If you prayed and trusted Christ, there's a card behind your chair. I'm going to ask you to fill it out and check. I made a decision to follow Jesus. What do you do with the card? One of two things. Guest Central, Pastor Doug and a whole team are going to be there with some information. Also, our altar's open for anybody that needs prayer for anything after every service, okay? Let me pray a blessing. Father, I bless every man, woman, boy, and girl. I thank you that as we go into the holiday week, Lord God, the, the Thanksgiving season, we, we are grateful for you. We're grateful that we've been forgiven. God, now fill us with your spirit. Give us the power to choose, to forgive and to bless and to release. May this be the best Thanksgiving ever for all of these people in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said,